Shalom Aleichem. Welcome to the Schmooze, the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I'm visiting with Ira Fuchs. A lifelong resident of New York City, Ira graduated with a B.A. in English from Queens College of CUNY in 1974. He started writing plays in college, which were produced by Playwrights Horizons, where he was also its original stage manager. After graduating from college, he spent 45 years working in computer technology. In 2016, he returned to writing plays and enrolled in a six-week playwriting workshop at Hollins University, where Bob Moss is a faculty member. One assignment was to write a full-length play in three days, based on a news article published that day. In the New York Times was a story about the discovery of an escape tunnel in Ponar, death pits outside of Vilnius. Welcome, Ira. My pleasure to be here. So the play that you wrote is based on a story you read in the New York Times, and it's now in production, and it's slated to open March 11th at the Theater at St. Clement's in New York. Um, I wonder um, if I could read from the lead paragraph of that New York Times story and then ask you what drew you to the story and how it led to the staging of the play. Certainly. Okay, so it opens with, and I, I, I remember reading this story as well. It was quite compelling. A team of archaeologists and map makers say they have uncovered a forgotten tunnel that 80 Jews dug largely by hand as they tried to escape from a Nazi extermination site in Lithuania about 70 years ago. So tell me what drew you to that story and how it led to this play. So the course that I was taking at Holland's University was entitled First Drafts, and I literally had to write six plays in six weeks, where we get our prompts on Thursday, and I had to turn in a play, uh, pretty much a full-length play, on Sunday. And the second assignment was to find an article that day in the news. And when I opened up the Times and I saw that, I literally was shocked. I had shivers going up my back because I realized I wasn't going to be able to walk away from that. Um, this is a case where the world chooses you. You don't make your own choices about what's going to happen. Uh, as much as we like to think uh, that we have uh, free will, uh, often um, we don't. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to write anything except a play about that. And so over, you know, two and a half days, 72 hours, I feverishly tried to learn whatever I could about digging a tunnel, about Vilna, about its history, about these people, and at the same time, write something. Um, of course, everything that I wrote uh, in that feverish 72 hours, you know, was, was a fiction. But what's interesting is that there's at least seven scenes in the final play that showed up in the very first original draft. So I, was, I find that particularly interesting. Yeah, I was going to ask you how far does the, re the resulting play stray or evolve from that first well, draft? It, 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 it strays significantly. So uh, certainly by in 2017, when I started to do the research in earnest for the play, I realized, you know, 
uh, I actually became infatuated uh, enthralled by what I learned about the history of the city of Vilna, its residents, uh, the history of, of um, Poland and the entire Eastern Europe area. And um, I really found that there were so many, many stories as that my end game here is once we get the play mounted, I would really like to do a TV series about the history of Vilna and its remarkable residents from the 19th century to the present time. There are so many stories that I had would have liked to incorporate it in the play, but I had to trim it down and, and get it to, uh, to, 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 you know, to be a specific type of story about a couple of young people, real people, Mutt Idol and Yudi Farber uh, and Jakob Genz. But I would love to tell the stories of all the people who played heroic efforts, and not heroic efforts in terms of picking up guns and defending their lives or trying to sabotage the Nazis, but who are heroes in preserving the humanity and the dignity of the people living in the Vilna ghetto for two and a half years under the most extraordinarily difficult conditions. I, I, and the play is based on real characters and events, and I know it takes place uh, between sort of 1922, 1943. You did choose to focus on three characters. Could you talk a little bit about how they, um, no pun intended here, how they play into this um, and, and how you've constructed a story around that that tells this larger well, story? So in that original article that you found in the New York Times, the uh, person for, you know, over 60 years who maintained that a tunnel was dug out of the Pona pits was uh, Matke Mordechai's idol. And uh, so he is the protagonist of the play. And what I did is I created a life for him um, from the age of 11 to 28. Uh, I also created a life for Yudi Faber. Uh, Yudi Faber was the engineer. He was a, an engineering student from Russia who showed up in Vilna. And he was the uh, young man that was responsible for actually, you know, designing and digging out the tunnel. And very, very little is known about him. There is virtually no pictures of him. There's just a, a in a particular book, um, I forget the name of it off the top of my head, there's a chapter about him recounting uh, the events of his time in Vilna and in the Ponar pits. But I basically invented him. I invented him as an orphan uh, from Posen, and Matki and him meet uh, at a camp for orphan, orphans in Vilna, and they maintain a life together that is, you know, greater than brotherhood or friendship and become the protagonists in the play. Um, there were lots of other characters that I had incorporated, and I ended up having to remove them because the play in its original um, first draft, not the draft that I did at Holland's, but when I did a significant rewrite at the end of 2017, 
I had three acts. It ran for over like three and a half hours and had a cat required a cast of 26. And that was completely unproducible. And over multiple revisions and three staged readings that we did in 2018, I managed to get it down to uh, roughly two hours with a 15-minute intermission, uh, 11 actors playing 21 roles. And how hard was it to write the play? I mean, there's the obvious research that informs the telling of this story, but I can imagine that it was also a process to find your way th- sort of to and through the stories of each of these characters. You reference the fact that you kind of built their life. Um, and I wonder how that was both in terms of research and also I would imagine it's an emotional journey to write this. Well, the research was one of the most gratifying things I've done in my life. Uh, <laughs> the, the journey of learning, I think for anybody and everybody, is um, <clears throat> a tremendous experience. And, and for me, uh, I'm, not, I'm a secular Jew. I would say I lean towards atheism. I consider faith a gift that I don't have. But what I learned about what, how these people behaved uh, in the ghetto and what they did that was extraordinary in terms of prison. No one starved. No one died of disease in the Vilna ghetto, which was much different from almost every other ghetto. Um, That's what made me proud to be a Jew, is the behavior of these people. Now, interesting enough, I always found that I was emotionally detached Um, There were a couple of scenes where I wrote uh, as I was writing them. I found myself tearing up. But overall, I was able to write some of the most difficult scenes um, from an abstract place. And what's very interesting is that these scenes elicit some of the most emotional responses from an audience. And uh, I'm... I have to say that part of the reason I think for that is that I don't have a direct emotional relationship to the Holocaust. So both sets of my grandparents coincidentally came from that area, the Pale of Settlement, but they came in 1918. Uh, So they really, you know, were not part of that uh, interwar year strife in Eastern Europe or the horrors of the Holocaust in World War II. Um, So there's not a personal emotional attachment that I brought to this, to writing the play, Um, but I do know that the emotional content is very much present. So as a playwright, I wonder what you discovered along the way and and if you ended up with this, you know, sort of a story that's what you set out to write, or if it changed along the way? Well, you never really know what you're going to write, literally from scene to scene. And that's the uh, incredible uh, revelation of writing in the first place, is what comes out of you. 
and you really never know what that is. And I'm always amazed <laughs> at how this all shows up. But one of the things that I have been confronted with as a result of writing this play is the constant question of what would I do? So all of these people were tested. They're, they came to know what their core was by their responses to a continuous and ongoing horrible uh, persecution. And the way they behaved and the way they stepped up is so admirable. And I constantly ask myself, what would I have done had I lived at that time? Would I have been one of these people? Would I have been one of the people that walked to the pit and allowed myself to be shot? I really don't know, even now, because to a great degree, growing up in New York City from the 1950s to the present, I feel I'm very protected. I'm very privileged. Uh, I have never, ever had to face extreme, continuous difficulties in my life. We all face difficult situations, but not to the extent that these people lived what these people lived through. So I really don't know who I am relative to how well these people got to know who they were. And again, these are... These are imaginary people, but they are very real to me. Um, before I let you go, I, I, I also want to ask you the question, you know, you had, I, I gave a short reference to it, but you had quite a career in computer technology. I don't want to um, allude to it as being other than a very, very impressive resume um, in terms of your accomplishments and your contributions there. What was it like to make the transition um, back to writing plays after that? I, it was the best thing I've ever done because I always knew I was going to be a playwright from the time I was in college. And I always <coughs> felt that the best of my talents would be revealed in writing plays. And I think, I think and I hope that this play um, is an indication of the gifts that I have received. And um, not, nothing pleases me more than writing every day. I, used to, I wrote books, and I used to write white papers. I love to write, but there is nothing better for me in my life than uh, sitting down and writing. Well, th um, thank you for joining me today. Um, it's... It's a compelling story, uh, how you came to the story by opening up a newspaper with the assignment of writing a full-length play in three days speaks to a lot of just um, aspects of, as you say, this was meant to be. So for our listeners, the play is Vilna. It opens in New York. Can you just give us a little detail and uh, where people can go to learn more online and to purchase tickets? Sure. Well, the play has a website, zilna-the-play.org. And uh, on that site, you can reach Telecharge and purchase the tickets there. Um, if you just do uh, type search Vilna, the play, 
uh, also telecharge. You'll get to the telecharge play, we, a telecharge site where you'll be able to, you know, purchase tickets. And again, it opens and it, May, March 11th and runs through April 14th. So it's a five-week run. There's plenty of performances. Great. Well, thank you again for joining me. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the performance when it opens. And um, keep writing. And again, be well. Thank you. You've been listening to The Schmooze, a podcast of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. I'm Mindel Cohen, Director of Translation and Collections Initiatives at the Yiddish Book Center. For more information about this podcast and to subscribe, visit our website, yiddishbookcenter.org. While you're there, I recommend listening to episode 196, Discovering and Translating Yiddish Writer Yenta Mash, where translator Ellen Cassidy discusses the life and work of Yenta Mash. Seid mir gesund und stark. Be well, be healthy, and tune in again soon. Thank you.